I'm going to ask that if you can, would you stand with us? I labored with what God had given me for today. I wondered why the enemy was fighting me so hard on it. But then I saw it here. God has a word for us today. The enemy does not win. Hallelujah. Lord, as we stand before you, we come to you not in our own power. Not with just words. But we come with what you have given us for your people today. Father, I stand here on assignment. And so, Father, I pray that your anointing would flow freely. That, God, you would use these lips of clay, fill my mouth with what you have for your people today. Father, I pray for your unction. I pray for your spirit to move in a mighty way. I pray that your word will go forth with power and anointing and will change our lives, will challenge us in the name of Jesus. Hey, God, hallelujah. Glory to God. I love you. Thank you. So let your word do what you send it to do. We thank you. and We call it done right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. First of all, I give uh, honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is first in my life. Hallelujah. There make no mistake. I, 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 there's, there's no one else that takes priority in my life than the Lord. He is first. Amen. Hallelujah. And he doesn't share first place with anybody else. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm grateful to God. I'm, I'm grateful, and, and I know everybody uh, uh, say this, and, but, but I tell you, this is not a cliche for me. I'm glad to be saved sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! The Lord is so good. Amen, amen. He is so good. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this opportunity, grateful for our pastor who gave us, gave me this opportunity. And I'm so grateful. So, uh, to, to have this uh, time to stand before you, I don't take it Lightly, because as we know of our pastor, he doesn't just let anybody get up before the sheep. 
We have a shepherd, amen? We have a real shepherd. I was thinking this morning, I said, Lord, it's such a blessing to be serving here at Exceeding Grace. And he let me know something, and he, because I was like, Lord, it's kind of crazy. I mean, my, my brother is the pastor. And he said, yes, but he's also the shepherd that I put there. And he said, the blood is thicker than the blood. In other words, he said, your relationship with him by my blood way surpasses your relationship with him through the blood. That's just one has eternal consequences. Hallelujah. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I, I, uh, it's, it's so funny. I, I, I'm telling you, y'all just don't know how grateful I am and never knew that it was something he had been praying for, but uh, I'm grateful to be here. Amen. Amen. Thank God for uh, Pastor Kim. What a blessing she has been and she is. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I sometimes laugh because... Uh, Pastor John's up preaching. She's louder than anybody else. In fact, I hear about Pastor Kim from other people in other states. So. They don't have to see her to know it's her. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'm so grateful for my good thing. What a blessing. I, 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 I value her the way God said to value her. Husbands, if you don't understand that your wife is your second most precious gift to you from God, you better get it right. And therefore, you don't treat his gift any kind of way. So I'm grateful to God for my wife. God bless you. Her prayers and support are never ending. Amen. Grateful for all of you being here today, praise God, and uh, I, I'm also grateful uh, our neighbors across the street, uh, Felix and Gwen, we talk a lot, I mean, we talk probably every other day, and we, we visit, and, and I just happened to tell him that uh, he, he was, you know, what are you doing, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing uh, a sermon for a Sunday, the fifth Sunday, he's like, well, We'd like to go. And I said, okay. And so they're here. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm grateful to God. Grateful to God. Hallelujah. Um, before I get started, I, I want to share something that God gave me. Pastor Kim, last Wednesday evening, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you had a Job experience. Your time in the hospital, you had a Job experience. 
it hit me so hard that I had to quickly send myself a message. I can't forget this. And I, I was right there, and I sent myself a message to, to, to when I get home to, I, I've got to get this down. And he says, your testimony of how you responded before, during, and after your hospitalization and surgical procedures did not surprise him. Satan thought he had you. That you would turn away from what you know to be true about God and his promises. But God knew that you knew that he will always cause you to triumph. And, and he said, therefore, since you never gave in to the doubts and fears the enemy tried to plant in your soul. And you had a victorious praise and testimony every step of the way. God said he's going to elevate you. He will restore back to you everything. He will restore back to you everything the devil took, but you will also abound in his blessings and favor and prosperity. Hear what he said, even more. And then he said, even more than you had before. If you have not seen her testimony... I, I, I'm going to say it. If you haven't seen her, I'm going to call it a sermon morning. You ought to see it. Because you never know when you're going to go through. We read about Job, and I love the story of Job. But when I get to see it now and see it being operated, it did something for me. It, it, it messed me up so much that I, 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 I called my wife. I said, honey, you got to see this. You got to see this. And, and I didn't say nothing to her. I said, you just got to see it. And, and, and it did her in. Amen? So we praise God for you walking, you praising. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And here's the question, uh, can God trust you with that? You see, for me, that's not my testimony. When I went through what I went through in 1994 and had uh, a, a surgery, and, and I, 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 I didn't do that. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't God, I praise you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, I was, I was having a pity party. I'm walking down the hospital hallway, a pole here, a pole in the other, and I've got tubes running everywhere, and I'm, I'm having a pity party. I'm just walking. God, I, why am I going through this? Uh, I, I'm never going to be like I was. I, I'm having a pity party. I wasn't praising God, and, and, but God's so good. God let me get down to the end of the hallway, and I'm having a pity party, and I'm just, oh, God. And I turn to my left, and I see a room open. And there was a young man in a bathtub, completely covered with ice from the neck down. God said, he's paralyzed. He can't feel anything. Well, guess what? I had been complaining to God about the pain. God, I, I, why am I feeling this pain? He said, he can't feel anything. 
And it was probably about eight months later I had gotten better and, and I was uh, at the church and uh, helping clean up and we had the old wooden pews. I'm back in Germany now and, and uh, there was a, a little boy there and that little boy about six years old, he was helping out. He hit his knee on the pew and he hollered out. He said, ouch. I listened up because the church wasn't full. You know, people coming to clean up. There's not a big lot of people there yet. Okay, I'll go past that. Anyway, he said, ouch. And I turned and looked, and then this little boy said these words, thank God I can feel the pain. Six years old. I never forgot it. That's my testimony. I've learned, but I'm telling you, Pastor Kim's testimony ought to be what we're grabbing on. Because in this day and time, God needs us to be a witness for him all the time. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. If you all don't mind, I'll get started. Do I have 20 minutes, Pastor? Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. 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 In 1955, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made a decision that defined the rest of his life. He decided to stand up against the mistreatment of all people, and especially what people of color were experiencing at that time. For the next 13 years, he gave everything he had to that decision he had made as he believed his destiny was to peacefully resist racial mistreatment. He became a major leader in the civil rights movement. At the 1963 March on Washington, he delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. In 1964, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. As a major leader of the civil rights movement, he saw it achieve pivotal legislative gains in the Civil Rights Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, and the Fair Housing Act of 1968. But Dr. King's destiny also included a tragic assassination. But I believe that God gave him insight to what was coming. And the reason why I say that is on April 3rd, 1968, Dr. King addressed a rally and delivered his I've been to the mountaintop address at Mason Temple, the world headquarters of the Church of God in Christ. Dr. King's flight to Memphis had been delayed by a bomb threat against his plane. And so in the prophetic discourse of his, the last speech of his life, Dr. King says, well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. 
Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. He's allowed me to go up to the mountain. I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, we will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You see, Dr. King understood that his decision to obey God's call on his life was a critical decision. And he obeyed. Amen? I'm going to ask if you would turn with me to our scripture for today, our main scripture. It's from the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy. I believe if you count, that's the fifth book in. Chapter 30. We're going to start at verse 11. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, if you don't mind, I, I, I want to read this through one time, verses 11 through 20, and then we'll get started. Amen? All right. Starting at verse 11. For this commandment which I promise you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Verse 13, nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. Verse 15, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Verse 17. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, 
choose life. That you, that both you and your descendants may live. Verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Amen. Hallelujah. Today I want to speak to us from this subject. Our decision determines our destiny. Our decision determines our destiny. When we begin to look at these verses, there was, all, there was always this theme about a choice. There was a theme about you have a choice to do something, and here it is. The choice was either to obey what I have said or to disobey it. And therefore, when there's a choice, you have to make a decision. So today I want to talk about here, our decision determines our destiny. The word decision uh, in the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia there, it, it means the formation of a judgment on a matter under consideration. Uh, uh, the quality uh, of being firm or positive in one's actions. The termination of a contest or question in favor of one side or the other as a decision of the battle or decision of the judge. That's decision. Then there's a decision, uh, there's a definition from Webster says, it's the act of deciding. The act of settling or terminating as a controversy by giving judgment on the matter at issue. Determination as a question or doubt. Settlement conclusion. Anybody found themselves trying to make a decision? There, 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 there are times uh, uh, I say to my wife, uh, honey, I want to take you out to dinner. Where do you want to go? Uh, I am. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, what do you feel like eating? Uh, so you know what? I just decide. But she's good with it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. A decision. Let's look at the word destiny because those are two things I want us to really understand. The word destiny. Webster uh, uh, here uh, defines des uh, destiny as this. Something to which a person or thing is destined. It's a predetermined course of events often held to be an irresistible power or agency. So... 
When we begin to look at these two words and, and we look at decision and we look at destiny, here is, here is what I, I, I give you the quick uh, 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 version is when we decide to obey God, we will find ourselves on God's predetermined course of blessings for us. I could go home now. I just preached a whole sermon, but let me go through this, okay? So today, I want to start by letting us see the reason we have a decision before us. So today, uh, uh, I'm speaking uh, 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 prophetically to to believers who are blood-washed, born again, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But I'm also speaking prophetically to anyone under the sound of my voice who is not yet blood washed, born again, and filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, that here it is. Everyone will have to make a decision. And before Jesus returns for his church, we will all have made a decision. You see, every day that, that we get up, uh, uh, we get up, we are making a, a decision. Even, even though I, I, I'm blood washed, born again, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, every day I get up and I decide again, I'm intentional about worshiping the Lord. I'm intentional about walking before him in holiness and righteousness. Just because I, I, I made a decision years ago that, that to make him the Lord of my life, every day I make a decision, I'm going to keep walking with him. And if we are not, we've still made a decision. And be assured of this one thing, that the decision that we make will determine our destiny. It will determine our destiny. All right. There are two verses that precede our main scripture for today that we need to see and, and, and because they set the stage for our, our decision. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, same chapter. Let's look at verses 9 and 10. Verses 9 and 10. It says, the Lord your God will make you abound In all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. Isn't that amazing? As we're getting ready for our decision, God says, he says, let me tell you the good stuff first. Let me tell you what I want to do for you. In fact, I rejoice in doing this for you. Now, can I mess with us? How, how, how many fathers here today that, that you can raise your hand and say that when your kids were acting right and just, 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 you know, they're just doing everything you want them to do because you're, you're leading them in the way of righteousness. How many of you rejoiced in doing good things for your kids? Even as adults, we still re- we, we rejoice in doing things for our adult kids. Of course, the grandkids are cooler. But, but, oh, I didn't say that. Ooh. Hopefully, my, our kids didn't hear that part. Yeah. 
So God says, he says, I will make you abound in all the work of your hand and the fruit of your body, in the increase of your stock, and in the produce of your land for good, for the Lord will again rejoice over you. God said, I, 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 I want to rejoice over you. Now look at verse 10. He says, uh, because this is important, uh, 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 if, that's conditional. God says, I want to do all this. I, 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 I can't wait to do all this for you. I rejoice in doing this for you if. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Notice in verse 10, there are, there are two words that stand out. Uh, 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 the, 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 there's if in there twice. When you see that, there, it, you need to concentrate on that. He says if twice. And then he tells you uh, something by saying, uh, and when you turn to him, how he wants you to do it. You see, our problem sometimes is we, 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 we give God part. We give God part. God is God, we, we, you know how we are. We, we only let God in part of our house. We, we, don't, we don't want him in all of our house. We, we, you, you, we, we let him into the living room. We haven't turned the whole house over to him. God's looking for all. He says all of your heart and all of your soul. Hey, quickly note that God promised to prosper his people in four areas of their lives. But God's promise was indeed conditional. And based on if they obeyed, kept, and turned. That's what he said right there. And so, again, our decisions determine our destiny. And since our decisions determine our destiny, I want us to look at six things we must know and remember about our decisions. All right, y'all ready? Okay, let's go back to, to Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 through 13. Let's read that again. For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it. And do it. Here's the first point. We already know, we already have all the information we need to make a decision. We already have all the information we need to make a decision. You see, uh, this, the decision rests upon these questions. Will we obey God? Will we serve God? And will we honor him? 
That's the whole thing. Will we obey him? Will we serve him? Will we honor him? These are the questions and ultimately the decision that mankind has been confronted with since the fall of mankind in the garden. And yet mankind has made this decision uh, into something that seems like a, 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 it takes a theological degree to understand. But, but, but God is saying uh, the decision is not difficult. He, he, he said in verse 11, uh, this commandment which I command you today, it's not too mysterious for you, nor is it for all. Uh, uh, many of us today use this excuse. Uh, I don't understand the Bible. I don't know what it's saying. In some religions, when they go to... Uh, when they go to their gatherings, I'm going to call it a gathering because it ain't no worship service. They don't open the Bible. There's a guy who stands up there and he might quote a scripture that you hope is right. But they don't know if it's right because they don't have their Bibles with them. Well, you're not going to know if you don't read it for yourself. That's why God said, he told him, he said, he said to, to bind it about your neck, write it upon the table of your heart. We ought to know his word. We got to get in his word. God's not, uh, uh, he, say, he says, uh, uh, it's not too mysterious for you. It's not far off. God is saying, I didn't make this difficult for you and it's not beyond your comprehension. So quit acting like that. Look, look, look at God's instructions to, to Moses in Deuteronomy 27 and 8. This is how awesome God is. When he was giving Moses instructions uh, uh, about writing down uh, 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 the law, he said, and in Deuteronomy 27 and 8, he says, and you shall write very plainly. Write very plainly on the stones all the words of this law. Very plainly. You see, uh, uh, sometimes uh, people try to impress us with the depth of their knowledge. Sometimes uh, uh, when, when, when somebody got uh, three or four uh, acronyms behind their name, uh, uh, they got a, a THD, PhD, uh, 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 a DM, uh, uh, we go running. We go running. And, and, and they're preaching and they're, they're using big words and, and, and we start recording because, you know, we don't want to look dumb. So we, we, don't, we, we, we record it so we can go home and, and, and play it. And look it up in the dictionary. What happens is we go running after them and we get a lot of words, but we don't get anything that feed our soul. People try to impress us with the depth of their knowledge. Uh, 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 media, can you pull up uh, Colossians 2 and 8 in the Amplified Classic, please? Can you pull that up? All right, here it is. There it is right there. See to it that no one carries you off as spoil or make you yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain 
deceit. Idle fantasies, plain nonsense. Following human tradition, men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. Just crude notions. Following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ, the Messiah. They get up sometime and they want to they impress you. They want to make you think that, that, that with all of their uh, educational, I've been to uh, Harvard uh, Theological Seminary. And, 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 we, and we're just like, oh, uh, Dr. So-and-so was here today. He, he was here. You should have heard him. What did he, what did he preach about? Um, it's like going to sit down for dinner and get brought out empty plates. God said, God said, this is not too mysterious. This is not far from you. That means that God wants us to know what we need to know. Look at what, look at what, what the Lord said in Deuteronomy 30, uh, 12 and 13. He says, he says this uh, uh, about the information that we need to know for our decision. He said, it's not even in heaven. That you should say who will ascend into heaven for us. And bring it to us. Hey, hey, uh, who can who gonna go up there and get it for us? Uh, who, who's gonna do that? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us? Not Warren. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's too much water for me to drink out there. Oh no, 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 no. We don't have to do that. In other words. What God is saying is that uh, 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 I've given it to you, and so you and I have no excuses. We won't have a leg to stand on. We, and and can, I just, can I just say this? Uh, 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 we don't, I hope we don't think that when we get to heaven, we're going to, uh, 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 or when we stand before God, we're going to say, well, God, uh, I, 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 uh, I didn't really understand what the preacher was saying. And, and so because of that, uh, 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 you should let me in. Mm-mm. No, sir, no, ma'am. God said you don't have an excuse here. It's plain as day. Can I say it? It's plain as day. But, but I, I saw something else here. I saw that God does nothing sneaky with his commands. God does nothing sneaky with his commands. God is a God of justice and righteousness, and there is no sneakiness about him. There's nothing sneaky about God. Can you Let's look at Isaiah 45, 18, 19. I hope you all writing this down. It's, whew, I, I got scripture. Isaiah 45, 18 and 19. I, I want you all to hear from God, not, not from me. I want you to hear God's word. So I, I, I want to back up everything that he's given me with his word. Amen. All right. Isaiah 45, 18 and 19. And in particular, I want you to see verse 19. But verse 18. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens. 
who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. Okay, we've established that, right? Verse 19, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Does that sound like someone who's sneaky? No, no, no. God's saying, I, 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 I want you to know what I'm telling you. I want you to understand it. So I'm making it plain to you. So therefore, the problem is with man and not God. We are the problem. We, we, we have an opportunity to, to, to be in God's word, to understand what God wants us to do so that we can make the right decision so that we can hear from God. And, and, and God said, you just got to spend time with me. You just got to spend time with me. The problem is with man, not God. Uh, uh, we, we don't uh, have to go there, uh, but, but I, I can tell you one of the things in, in Genesis 19, uh, 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 that's the story of when uh, uh, the angels uh, told uh, Lot, yeah, you're going you to have to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all remember? You're going to have to leave because uh, we're about to destroy this place and, and and they told him says uh, you get your he told him said get your wife uh, uh, get your your two daughters and and, and uh, you y'all y'all get out of here uh, and because because it's, it's 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 about to come and, and he said he told them uh, escape for your life and do not look back it's that simple escape for your life don't look back. All he was saying is run and don't look back. That's very clear directions. Run and don't look back. Run and don't look back. Run and don't look back. God wasn't trying to hide it. And what happened? Lot's wife looked back. She made a decision to look back, and here it is, the Bible says, and that's in Genesis 26, uh, Genesis 19 and 26, it says, but his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Here it is, she disobeyed, and she became. You see, she disobeyed, and she became. So therefore, there is a cause and effect in disobeying God. We must remember that we already have all of the information we need to make a right decision. Amen? So the question remains this. Are we reading the information and are we seeking his will? There it is, right? All right, look at, look at Deuteronomy 30. We're back there. Verse 14. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So, so not only do we already have the information we need, but here's the second point. We already have the answer we need. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. 
Wow. This point, um, this, this point is easy for us to get. Uh, but it's not because we are so smart. It's because God is so good. You see, uh, uh, God said, but the word is very near you in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. Here it is. Uh, uh, the Hebrew word uh, uh, for word is dabar. It means by implication a matter as spoken of a thing. Adverbally, a cause, act, advice, affair. What's that next word? Answer. Case, cause, certain rate, commandment, counsel, decree, deed. God said, I've already given you the counsel. I've already given you the commandment, the decree. I've already given you the answer. He says, you already know the action you must take. You already know what you must decree. God is saying, I've already given you the answer. You see, when it comes to making decisions, many times uh, we go back and forth between options because we're not sure of the answer, right? Uh, uh, I, I got it. Anybody remember school when you had a test and, and they would give you a multiple choice question that had like six answers and four of them seemed to be similar. And they used to tell you, well, look at the one and if it looks like it's too far off, don't pick that one. Well, okay, the, the two out of the six that are far off, I can get rid of those, no problem. But I'm left with four that are similar looking. And I'm like trying to figure it out and, and count the number of words because they say, well, sometimes look for the one with the shortest answer or look for the one with the longest answer. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I, 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 I got to try, you know, and, and you're going through that. It became confusing. It became confusing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That's what the devil does. He offers options that are similar to Christianity. But they have no substance. He's sneaking. In other words, Satan's multiple choices equate to superficial Christianity. To unsuitable substitutes. Y'all don't believe me? For you single women, that's why the enemy keeps sending you those bozos instead of the boaz that you're supposed to have. For you single men, that's why the enemy keeps sending you Delilah instead of Ruth. He's trying to send you an unsuitable substitute in hopes that you will pick that one. Can I say it? Satan choices are like spiritual knockoffs. When, when, I, when I was stationed in uh, South Korea, <clears throat> I went to this jewelry store because I saw on the outside they had Rolex watches there. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to go get me a Rolex watch. I went there and I bought two of them. Two of them. 
Yeah, I was feeling good. Had myself two Rolex watches. The problem was I got home and I began to look at them closely. And I looked at that and I was like, Roll, what is that? It was Rorex. You see, the Korean language doesn't carry the L like we have. It looked real. And later on, when if you were to go somewhere and put on a real one, you would notice the difference in the feeling. But you know, the enemy is always trying to give us an unsuitable substitute for what God has told us to do. When God says for us to go, the enemy says, well, you can go, but uh, you do it when you want to do it. And when we do, we lose out. We lose out. You see, the, the thing is, God is looking for the real thing from you and me, right? Let, let, let's look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to 8 real quick. Malachi 1, 6 through 8. Verse 6, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts to you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? The last part got me. Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? You see, God is saying, I have given you all the information you need to make the right decision. He says, I've even given you the answer you need to follow. He said, the problem is, it's what you're giving me back. God said, he was tired of the people's polluted sacrifices, their polluted offerings. And God has a sense of humor. He says, uh, the mess you're offering me, try, try offering that to your governors. See what happens. Try, try, try offering that to your boss at work. The, 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 what you're doing to me, try doing that at work. Uh, oh, my God. 
I, I began to think about this, and I thought, God, this is, this is rough. And, 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 then, and, then, and then he let me begin to see something. Because he said, a son honors his father. And, and, and he's, he showed me this, and, and so uh, 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 I, I just want to take a quick, uh, how many fathers we got in here? Amen. Praise God. Uh, how many of you out there would be okay if your kids invited their friends over and cooked their friends your T-bone steaks? But, but, but that's not it. Uh, uh, but then they served you some roasted possum. Now, 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 I know, I know some of y'all might be good with roasted possum. But I ain't good with roasted possum. Especially not if you just ate my T-bone steaks. You are not showing me honor. Amen? I'd I be saying, What? I'm the one who loves you and provides you, and you gave me roasted possum? So what does this mean for us? It, it, it means that the worship we give God ought to be our best. It ought to be our best. That's why I love what the Bible tells us in Romans 12 and 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Here it is, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or worship. God's saying, that's the least you can do. When I, after all I've done for you, that's the least you can do for me. After me setting you free from the addiction, after me bringing you out of darkness into my marvelous light, the least you can do is live holy before me. Give me a holy sacrifice. <sighs> Worship means to give someone what they're worthy of or what they're worth. Well, what is God worth? What, what is God's worth? If I could sing it, I would sing, he's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. For from him are all things. To him are all things. He deserves the glory. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. For from him are all things. To him are all things. He deserves the glory. That's what he deserves. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Our worship of God, our true lifestyle of holiness is what we owe God. Our worship, God deserves our best praise and our best worship. So we already have the answer to our decision. It's in our mouth, it's in our heart. We already know what we need to do, amen? amen. We need to obey God. Let's look at verse 15 and 16 of Deuteronomy 30. Verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, 
and his judgments that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Here's the next point. We already know what action we must take. God has given us the information. He's given us the answer. And with the answer, now we know what action we have to take. He tells us right there. It's right there, especially in verse 16. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments. That you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Are we not, have we not been hearing about possessing our possessions? Have we not been hearing that 2023 is the year of restoration? Have we not been hearing that? Well, God has a message for us. So we already know that God has called for obedience and true worship, true worship. But we can't just stop there. We, we just can't take any actions. We must take the actions that God has already outlined to us. We can't be like those who want to do things their own way. Y'all remember Naaman? Uh, uh, when, when God, uh, when he went to the man of God because he had uh, leprosy, and he go to the man of God, he's, you know, hey, I want to be healed. And the uh, man of God says uh, to the servant, tell him to go uh, 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 dip in the Jordan River for seven times. Well, Naaman, he was like, well, can I go dip in this other river? That's clean. The Jordan's dirty. But that's not what God said. That sometimes God is telling us we need to go do this, and we are trying to come up with another option. God, I, I, I'll obey you. I'll go dip, but I'm not going to dip where you want me to dip. Okay. Have it your way. So there's three actions that God has commanded us to take. Here it is. And this is for us today. The first one is this. He said to love the Lord our God. To love the Lord our God. But not just in any way. There, there's, there's a way we got to love the Lord. We can't just love him any kind of way. We, 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 can't, we can't just uh, love God when he's doing something good for us. Sometimes we act like part-time lovers in our relationship with God. Did you know God ain't into that? Did you know that God is not into sharing you with the enemy? Did, did, do you know that? If you belong to him, God is not into open marriages. I'm sorry to tell you that today. If we are the bride, God is not into open marriages. Where did that come from? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. We're going to see how, how, how he says he wants to be loved. Whew. He says in Deuteronomy 6 and 5, You shall love the Lord your God with 
all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You see, uh, uh, with all of your heart, he, that means to, 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 to love him with all of your affections, all of your emotions. Sometimes we, 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 uh, we're kind of cold with our love for the Lord. Um. And you know how we do? We, we, and we show that when we are out. Uh, we, we, it's, it's like as if my wife was walking with me and uh, I tried to hold her hand, but then other people came around and she snatched her hand away. Now, she doesn't do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's how we are with God. You want me to tell you why? Because we'll get around people who are not saved. And when, and when they challenge us about our Christianity, about our walk with God, we snatch our hand away. God's trying to hold our hand. He's trying to walk with us. He's trying to have fellowship with us. But when the people get around who we have not quite let go because we're still holding on to the world, then we snatch our hand away. I know y'all don't like it, but it's true. He says, you got to love me with all of your affection, with all of your emotions. We were coming over today, and we were talking, and, and I was telling uh, Felix and Gwen, I said, sometimes, I said, I just, I stand there, and I have these thoughts. I said, and, and I picture myself just hugging Jesus. I want him to know I love him. Somebody uh, made a comment to me yesterday. Um, I, I, my wife was getting her hair done, and, and uh, I, I was holding her purse. And somebody said, uh, you, why are you holding her purse? Uh, uh, you know, uh, I said, because she's getting her hair done, and she wanted me to hold it and I was on a phone call so I I, I was holding a purse and, and 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 they and they said well do you know where you're at um uh uh you know you 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 might be confused with uh uh those guys that I say listen let me tell you I wish one would come up to me They don't understand if they come up to me, they are going to get the gospel of Jesus Christ. I told him, I said, you must know this one thing. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I will preach it wherever I go. Come on. I, 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 might, even, I might even carry that purse sometimes just to get somebody to come up I can preach to. But I love the Lord with all of my heart, 
with all of my heart. With all of my heart. That means I'm not ashamed to be with him. I'm not ashamed to talk about him. I talk about my wife. Oh, I love my wife so much. Let me tell you, uh, my wife, my wife, my wife. Well, listen, if I can say that about her, surely I can talk about the one who died for me. Surely I can stand for the one who died for me. I love him. I love him. He says, with all of your heart. And then he says, with all of your soul. That's your innermost, eternal self. You know, the problem we heard a great, if you weren't here last weekend through Sunday, you need to hear it. When we understand uh, uh, loving God with all of our soul, that means that, that, that here it is. I love him so much that, that, that I will not allow my soul to control my praise. Okay. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, oh, God. I'm not going to allow my soul to say, oh, you don't feel like praising him today. I'm going to command my soul to shut up, and I'm going to give God the praise that he deserves. That's what I'm going to do. That's what he, he, he's saying here. This is how we are to love him. If we love him, we used to sing that soul song, my soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. Bless his name. Here it is. When your soul loves Jesus, it will cause you to rise up. It will cause you to seek him out. Hallelujah. Uh, when, 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 when you, you hear people say, I, I, I love her to my soul. I know some of y'all been watching homework. Don't try to act like you did. You, you've watched some of that. Or you watch some stuff on BET, and she said, she said, I love him to my soul. Well, if that's the case, then you ought to command your soul to praise him. This is to your innermost being. Your eternal being, love him with all of your soul. And then here it is, and with all of your strength. That means with all, this is, this is talking about energetic love with unabashed praise. Can I tell you something? I already told you. Uh, I'm not ashamed of him. I love him that much. That means I'll praise him wherever I go. Sometimes I think people think I'm crazy because I'm driving and, 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 and there's a praise in my heart and, and my hands are up and they're probably going, what's wrong with that dude? Who's he talking to? But that's, that's okay because when I, when I get a praise on the inside because of when I think about what he's done for me, when I, when I think about this, I, I want to love him with all of my strength. Here it is. I, I push myself. The Apostle Paul says, he says this, I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm pressing forward. Why? Because I love him with all of my strength. It's funny. We, 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 we can get funny sometimes. We get tired. Man, I don't know why they, they're at church two hours, three hours. 
four hours. But you know what? How many of y'all have gone to a concert that you really wanted to see, whether it was Beyonce or whoever, and you stood in line for two hours just to wait for the door to open, and then you went into the concert for another three hours, and then after the concert, you're hanging out talking, and you stood the whole time. But we can't give the Lord. We can't give the Lord. We got we to... It's, it's, uh, I've been at church an hour. I'm giving them 10 more minutes. And here's the other thing. Can I just say it? Oh, my goodness. We act like we can't open our mouth for the Lord, but I can tell you right now, if your celebrity walked in here, you'd be jumping up. Yeah! Uh, uh, okay. If LeBron walked in here, some of y'all be, yeah, go LeBron, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, but at least I got a response out of you. But here it is. When the Bible tells us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, we go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, but here is the issue. Here's the issue. The reason why is we keep forgetting that, 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 that we don't even have to be here. Do you know that we are here only because he allowed us to be here? Do you know that we are even alive because he allowed us to be here? God says you live and you move and you have your being or exist only because of me. Let, let me keep moving. I'm sorry. Y'all, y'all. Oh. Can you get Mark 12 and 30 in the amp, uh, Amplified Classic for me, please? Mark 12 and 30. Amplified Classic. All right. Here it is. It's up on the screen. And you shall love the Lord your God, here it is, out of and with your whole heart and out of and with all your soul. That's your life. You ever heard somebody say, I love, I love you to life? I love you to life. Do you love the Lord to life? Do you? He says, he says and with all your soul, your life, and out of and with all of your mind, with your faculty of thought and your moral understanding. And out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment. This is what Jesus said. That's how we are to love the Lord. And we ought to get this in our mind, in our spirit here, how we are to love him. Uh, uh, we, 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 ought, we ought to command our mind to act right and to think right. Don't let anything go into your mind. We have to be careful. Uh, see, that our love for God must be with all the powers and faculties of our soul, all of our will and all of our understanding and all of our affections. Here it is. 
We must love God in an upright and perfect manner and without any hypocrisy. Without any hypocrisy. Okay, real quick, real quick. I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, the second one <laughs> was uh, to walk in his ways. And I'm going to go through this real quick. To walk in his ways. Uh, the word walk there uh, means uh, it's a hallack. It's to walk in a great variety of applications, literally and figurative, figuratively, all along, beside or alongside, a pace, behaves self, act like, come on, continually, be conversant, and familiar with, acquainted with, knowledgeable of. That's what it means to walk with the Lord. Look at that. And, and I, I kind of bolded some stuff that was good for me beside or belong. To act like, to be familiar with, acquainted with, knowledgeable of. If we're going to walk in his ways, we got to walk beside him. We got to walk like him. We got to walk showing that we are familiar with, acquainted with, and knowledgeable of him. Our pastor's been teaching us about walking with God, beside God, and like God. And, and that's the only way we can have a what? A God-like, a God kind of life. Amen? And, and so that's what we have to do. And then real quick, I want to look at ways. Uh, when we look at the word ways, it, it's uh, direct. A road as trodden, figuratively, a course of life or mode of action, often adverbally, along away because of, and I put him there, because of him, uh, by conversation, custom, eastward, journey, manner, passenger, through, toward, high path, wayside, whithersoever. Here it is. To walk in his ways simply means we ought to showcase the very essence of who God is. To walk in his ways means that we really ought to, ought, ought to walk so that people see God. When, when you walk in a room, they ought to see God walking in. They ought to see the light of Christ shining. That's why he said, let your light so shine before men so they'll see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Our walk ought to show who we belong to. It, it ought to show that. It, it ought to show, uh, the, the showcase the very essence of who God is. And, and so God is love. God is merciful. God is holy. That's what our walk ought to show. Uh, our lifestyle ought to be a living testament to who God is. Just as Jesus walked and pleased the Father, so are we to walk and please him. Here it is. We can't walk slew-footed and walk in God's ways. Y'all remember our pastor talked about slew footed? He did that real good. I think I might hurt myself if I try to do that. But we can't walk like that. When we walk slew footed, we are walking and we're trying to walk, but we're going different directions. We can't do that because God's way is holy. His way is is holy. Uh, Isaiah 35 and 8 tells us something. Uh, uh, Isaiah 35, 8, it, it 
it tells us something that I, I think is so important that we got to understand. He says this, a highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road Although a fool shall not go astray. Here it is. The great thing is when we, when we are walking in God's way, we get to walk in the highway of holiness. It is the highway of holiness. And, and it's not anybody can't just walk on that road. It's not for just anybody. It's for those who are clean, who have been cleaned by the blood of Jesus. It says the unclean shall not walk on it. It's, the, it's, it's a role. It's a way that God has commanded us to walk. And there are great blessings from walking with God alongside God and holiness. Did y'all know that? There are great blessings. Can I prove my point? Look, look at Zechariah chapter 3, verse 7 in the Amplified Classic. They'll pull that up. Boy, they're good. Thank you, media. Here it's, it says, thus says the Lord of hosts. If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then also you shall rule in my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you access to my presence and places to walk among these who stand here. Look what God says. He says, he, he's telling us that, that if we'll walk in his ways, if we'll walk in holiness, uh, 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 we walk uh, 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 the way he's called us to walk, there's great blessings. He's telling us right there. And then the last part, got me says, and places to walk among those who stand here. Do you know who was talking, who was standing there at the time? Angels. Angels. This is what God is telling us for. Uh, uh, okay, that, that didn't bless y'all. Right? Okay. Let, let's, look at, let's look at Psalm 37 and 34, and we're going to look at it in the Passion Translation. Psalm 37 and 34. This is the Passion Translation. Here it is. So don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep moving forward steadily in his ways, and he will exalt you at the right time. And when he does... You will possess every promise, including your full inheritance. You'll watch with your own eyes and see the wicked. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout, I'm walking with God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I, I don't have time to go into the, uh, the, uh, the commandments and statutes and judgments, but I, I, I just, I, I want to just sum it up with this. We must be totally obedient to God. Totally obedient to God. That's what it means to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgment, to be totally obedient to God. And, and then... Uh, uh, God reminds us of something, and, and, and I'm just going to read it. We don't have to go there. This is Deuteronomy 6 and 7. He says, uh, uh, but, but in particular, he says, and these words which I command you today shall you be in your heart. In verse 7, he says, you shall teach them diligently to your children 
and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. We ought to have God's word in our heart, in our mind. We ought to be concerned about making sure we keep it here, that we've got it on our mind. We are listening to the word of God. We are watching the word of God. We're reading the word of God. We are teaching our children. He says, you ought to get up in the morning with my word on your heart. teaching our children. Walking in obedience to God ought to be a household commitment. We should be teaching our children and grandchildren about the importance of being obedient to God. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, we got grandkids, uh, eight of them, and, and uh, you know, they, they like to send their uh, Christmas wish list. Cool, cool. Well, Grandpa added a Bible to their Christmas wish list. They need to hear the word of God. It's enough, it's time out for them to start uh, getting all that stuff that we're just, we plant them down with the cell phones and, 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 and we're just like, oh yeah. Let me tell you what, the enemy's busy on whatever they're watching. You got to be careful. They need to hear the word of God. You ought to you be concerned with what they're hearing, what's coming into their eye gate and their ear gate. Obedience to God will change everything. That's why I love uh, what Joshua said in Joshua 24 and 15. And you all are familiar with this scripture, uh, 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 but I'm going to read it in the Amplified Classic there. I, I love this verse. Uh, uh, he says this, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's teach our household. Let's be a committed household. Let's make sure that in our house, God is in charge. We say here that God is in charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge. Jesus is in charge. Is he in charge at the home where you live at? You see, our house, our house, which is God's house, has been dedicated to him. Hallelujah. Shortly, very shortly after we move in, our pastor came through, and we asked him, says, would you pray a prayer dedication over this house? All around the house are scripture. You go all around the house or on the wall, everywhere you go, there's scripture. This house is dedicated to God. And let me tell you what, it's because I want everybody who walk in to know on whose side we are. There, there, we got a sign out front. Thank Brother Joe. He put a nice frame on it. It, it says, it says uh, uh, welcome to our uh, uh, profanity-free, alcohol-free, drug-free house. May the love of Jesus bless you as you come in. Something like that. But we're letting them know right up. Oh, it's, it's about this high. You can't miss it when you come through the door. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's something amazing when we become obedient to God and we instruct our household to be obedient to God. The blessings and the favor of God will follow you and your generations. Y'all don't believe me? Look at Deuteronomy 7 and 9. Deuteronomy 7 and 9. We're going to look at the amp, uh, Amplified Classic here. 
He says this, Deuteronomy 7 and 9. Know, recognize, and understand that, understand therefore that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love and mercy with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. You want to see the Lord do something in your family? Here it is, in the family that you don't even have yet. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 you, you, you couples who, uh, you, you know, you, you husband and wives who are out there and you, you ain't got children yet, you ought to start praying for them. Already praying for them. Lord, when they come, God, we are pleading the blood of Jesus over them right now. I don't know if it's going to be a him or her first, but God, when he or she comes, we are pleading the blood of Jesus. We are asking right now that you would watch over them, but God, that you would draw them to you. We ought to be praying for them. And oh God, and while you're at it, we want to pray for their children. The next generation. That's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be doing that. So God, you know, uh, 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 he is therefore looking for us. Those who say we are his and he is ours. He's, he's looking for uh, those who say we have been born again to fully obey him. Remember this, partial obedience is what? Disobedience. Our obedience to God shows uh, when our walk demonstrates that we are living epistles for him. And living sacrifices to him. That's what he's looking for. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay. I'm almost done with this. But let let me just say something to this. We ain't going to like this. Coming to church for corporate worship is not a recommendation. Y'all want me to repeat that? Coming to church in corporate worship is not a recommendation. Okay, let me rephrase it. Coming into the house of God to worship together is not a recommendation. It is a command from God. And, and, and I got I to gotta show you this. Hebrews 10, uh, 24 Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. All right, here it is. This is in the Living Bible. In response to all that he has done for us, listen to this. In response to all that he has done for us, let us outdo each other in being helpful and kind to each other in doing good. That's a commandment. Here's the next commandment, verse 25. Let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. Hallelujah. Y'all, pastors, y'all might get some emails and tell them don't call me again. But, But here it is. In obedience to the Lord, if we are not sick, and we're on vacation, or we are at work, or there is some other thing of emergency or necessity we must do, then we 
ought to be in church for worship every time the doors open. I, I, I got, I think it was six amens. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I, I heard you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, I'm just telling you, this is not a suggestion. It's not, it's not a record. This is a command. He says, and as the days get closer, as you see all that's happening, he says, you ought to be coming together more and more and more. Here it is. If we can go to Walmart, to the mall, if we can go to our jobs, if we can visit our friends, if we can go to the bank, if we can go out to eat, if we can go on vacation, if we can do all of that stuff, we get out of the house, then surely, surely we ought to come to church for corporate worship. And God say that we ought to do it even more so, especially since we know the day of his return is quickly approaching. You see, we are living in the modern days of Noah. In Matthew 24, Jesus said that in the last days, it would be as it was in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, the Bible says it, it was wickedness and violence. Are we seeing the wickedness and violence? Uh, uh, just this week, how many, how many uh, 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 multiple murder events there were? Just this past week. People are dying by the threes and the fours and the tens, and, 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 and we're seeing so much wickedness and violence. Do you all not believe that this is uh, the Bible is being fulfilled? Even now, it is being fulfilled. And so God wants our full obedience to him, our undivided love for him, and for us to read and live out his word. And know this, our actions of obedience or disobedience define our relationship with God. Define our relationship with God. Amen? All right. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I, I want you to remember this. God is calling for us to be obedient. Everything that we have been hearing, everything that our pastors have been teaching, and, and Pastor Smither, we have to be obedient and follow those things. It's not enough for us just to hear it, but we have to be obedient. God is saying, I want to do something for you, but you have to be obedient. He says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And that's what God is calling for. So the question is, what are we going to do? I'm going to ask everyone to stand.
God said that we have everything we need. He's put the answer right there in our mouth. Some of you today are facing decisions. The enemy is presenting you with options. You're hearing what God has said because you've read it or you've heard it across the pulpit. And yet, you're trying to decide what to do. The reason why some of us are still stuck is because we have not made the right decision. And God wants to set us free. Do you know that the call that God has on our life and God, we know God has told us to stop doing something. And do you know that if you give that thing over to God, you can stop it like that? Did, did you know that? Media, can you do me one last favor, please? Put up 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Let's look at it in the Amplified Classic, if you wouldn't, mean, uh, wouldn't mind. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence virtue. In other words, he's saying, I've given you my divine power for everything you need for life and godliness. So whatever that decision is that you need to make, you got to step out. Remember, command your soul to get out of the way. Bring your soul into alignment with what God's word said. We have to become those who will obey the Lord and we show him we are obeying him when we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. Hallelujah. Hey, God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hey, God. God, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask right now, if you today, if that's you, if, you, if you've been struggling with a decision, you know that God has told you to do something and you haven't yet done it. You're struggling with that decision. We're going to ask you to come down. Just, just come quickly. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you know that Satan will fight you every step of the way? You want to be delivered from that thing? If you want to be set free from that, 
Do you know that God will do it? Do you know that when the lepers, the ten lepers came to Jesus and they asked to be healed, he told them to go show themselves to the priest. They had to not only believe, you see, we, you know, it's not just believing and receiving it, but you got to obey. They receive what he said, they believe it, and they begin to walk. And when they did, they were, they were healed. And so today, if that's you, if you've been struggling with just really making that decision for the Lord, you heard God tell you to do something. And you haven't stepped out to do what God said. Then come. Hallelujah. Maybe you've, you, you're not sure if you heard God tell you something and you, you, you need some clarification. And come on out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So everybody is in full obedience to God. Okay. You see, God knows. You, you, you know, God knows. You, you, you can fool me, but hey, God knows. I don't want you to leave today and not having made the right decision. Here's the, here's the other part. Our decision not only determines our destiny in this life, but it determines our eternal destination. Did you know that Jesus spoke more about hell than he did heaven? You see, a lot of people kind of put that out of their mind and they think oh, hell ain't real. People are all the time in their mind telling people to go to hell, but they don't understand what they're saying. If you really understood what it is. And the reason why I'm standing here right now, because even if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, and I said to you in the beginning that today's message was for those as well who don't, who are not blood washed, who are not born again. This is an opportunity for you to come and make a decision for the Lord. You see, we don't know what's going to happen when we walk out of here. Just the other day, a 11-year-old girl just had just left picking up some bread. Y'all read that? She had just picked up bread from the store, was headed home and was caught in a crossfire and killed. 
We're living in an evil time. And we don't know about tomorrow, right? But we know who holds tomorrow. I'm looking to live out a full life before the Lord, but I'm covered under the blood. We, we, and I'll share this with you, and then we're going to pray. We were headed home yesterday, and traffic was kind of crazy. And a truck started to come over, went back over, and then he just jumped right in front of us, and I hit the brakes. God stopped us in time. It was so close that the vehicle warning system didn't even come on. That's how close it was. And then when we got in the next lane and went by him, I looked over and he communicated with me with sign language. But let me tell you something. I know my soul had been healed and delivered. Because there was a time that I was wishing for that old beat-up pickup truck. I promise you, I, I would have wanted to run him off the road. And I just said, Lord, I don't know where he's going, but you have him. So God preserved us, and I'm just trying to say, all right, praise God. Well, we're going to pray anyway. Hallelujah. before you right now, God. You have allowed us to come into your presence. Thank you that you have opened the door for us, God. That we can commune with you. We can have fellowship with you, Father, because of the Son. Thank you that you have washed us in the blood of the Son, the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that you have given us your power, the Holy Ghost, who is resident in our lives, who lives in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 So God, right now we... God, somebody, 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 they're struggling with a decision. Hallelujah. Hey, God, hallelujah. God, deliver right now. Deliver right now. Deliver right now. Break the hold of the enemy right now. Break the hole of the enemy right now. Break the hole of the enemy right now, God. In the name of Jesus. 
God, I pray that we will be a people who love you with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, all of our soul, that we will honor you with our lives. We will walk before you in holiness and righteousness, that our lives will be pleasing to you, that our lives will be living sacrifices. God, we want to be living testimonies. We pray that our light would shine brightly and drawing men and women to you. God, this is who we want to be. God, help us to always, always be obedient to you. Not in our timing, but in your timing. When you tell us to go, God, help us to go. So give us an ear to hear. Let us hear from you, God. Let us hear from you, God. Speak to us through your word, God. In the name of Jesus, draw us closer to you, God. Draw us closer to you, God. May we seek you with our whole heart. May we seek you, God. May we seek you, my God. Hey, God. Thank God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We give you glory. We praise you. And we thank you. You alone are worthy of all of the glory. You alone are worthy of all of the honor. Thank you that you have caused us to triumph. You have caused us to be victorious. And we will walk in your power because you have given us everything we need to have victory over the enemy. We thank you. And we call it done now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.